Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Master of Punk's Gamer Sages, the King of Ring himself. But your boy Thicky Smalls, Jerome Michaels, in the house. That's what I got today. Chaz, we're live on the air, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Chaz, what up? Uh, hey, our, our, all right, now our mics are back on. Wait, why don't you tell them, tell them we're live on the air. Tell them to say hi to David. Go for it. Oh, Chaz is on? Chaz is on the call. No kidding. Okay. Good. All right. Tell him to say hi, to say hi David. What's up, Chaz? All right. Um, well, I guess this is going to be a, a strange beginning today, but, you know, I, Gerard won't get to hear, but all our fans get to hear who we're joined by today. None other than David Adiv, who is my – see, people will call you a coach. You're more than a coach. You're a teacher. You're one of my favorite people in the world, Thank biggest you. influences on my life, yes. and just the most important person to yeah. me. So it's it's we we talked about you a lot on here. Yeah. So it's nice to actually have you on. That's awesome. Thanks instead for of me, me, instead of me giving your watered down uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thoughts, we get to actually get uh, some of your straight from the source. So. Thanks for having me, and I feel the same about you. You know, I mean, you, you know it or not, you taught me a lot. You know, being around you, it's uh, not just a pleasure, it's a life experience. Yeah. You know, you, of course, and the rest of my students are all pretty much what I am. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's your, your influence in that gym has definitely made a lot of people better people, not just better martial artists and better fighters. Like, you know, we've all become better people just by your influence, right. the way you keep the environment and all that. Um so I wanna let's I wanna I wanna really introduce the people to you. Like obviously I I know I know you, but I wanna I wanna start like from the beginning. Like start like I wanna go through like your life. You know, we had, there's so much crazy shit we yes. can we could talk about uh oh, yeah. throughout, but I wanna start. Hey, welcome back. Hey, hey, welcome hey, back. Hey, 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 hey. The fuck was that, G? Ah, the you fuck know. was that? Complicated business, gentlemen. Complicated business. The fuck. Well, we're we're about to go through. Uh, you you missed the introduction. I missed the introduction. You missed the introduction. How can I miss you, the introduction? I don't know, but dude, <laughs> I am the great Thicky Smalls, the funniest man you never heard of. This is slick and thick. All right, we'll just digital. do the introduction now, I guess. Oh, and God. to my we're on left, fucking Gerard's time at over six here. foot two. 200 pounds and every one of them is a problem. The master of punks, <laughs> the tamer of sages, the king of the ring, the CEO, the RNC himself, pretty Mickey Gall. And Mickey, I assume you've already I've introduced, I've introduced David in your spell. Uh, <laughs> fucking, we're waiting here for minutes, starting the, the show late, and then you get a call and run out. I'm sorry. Piss me off. Sorry. Piss me off. Anyway. Listen, Mickey Gall? So we're starting the top of the list, baby. Chaz P, he's up there. He's up there. Friend of the program, man. Friend of the program. Chaz is the man. Chaz is the man. We got to get together and go shooting with him. Oh yeah. Uh, while we're while we're all, we're all back in Jersey. Mm, you like shooting? Oh yeah. You like it. shooting? Yeah. You like shooting? He influenced my new uh, sniper gun too. Oh, yo, you got a sniper right? He has yeah. an arsenal. Really? An arsenal of all arsenals. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. I just shot uh, fully automatic weapons for the first oh, time nice. in my life last week. That is no joke, buddy. Yeah. That's like I'm a pretty big guy, pretty strong guy. I'm a decent shot. I lost control of the More gun. Was it, it was yeah. It was um. I did a uh, a four a four forty and a three eighty. Oh wow. Yeah, 
Beautiful. It was, yeah, yeah, it was great. I want to start uh, special forces. I want to go back and I want to start talking about David, like his his upbringing. I want to start. I want to kind of give his story, and through that, we're gonna get some of his philosophies that I, I was saying before. I've given you know watered down sprinkles of of David's stuff. Sure. I'm excited to see, because there's been stuff I've been hearing from David for years and years, mm-hmm. like kind of. Uh, like the like the same type thing, the same type story, and every time you hear it, and I've been listening, I've been hearing it for over fourteen years. Every time I hear it, I gain something new from it. Yeah, right. It's almost like watching The Sopranos. Every time you watch it, you pick up something on new, new shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he talk he talks about your teachings often, man. I feel like the the audience listening right now, the slick and thick regulars, man, they they already feel like they know you. You know, he talks about you know, kind of the sage wisdom and advice you've been giving him since he was a teenager, right? Yeah. You've known you've known him for how many years now? Yeah, fourteen, fifteen years now. Yeah, I mean, Mickey didn't just hear me; mm-hmm. he actually listened and heard me at the same time. And it's not easy to do for anybody to listen and hear you at the same time. Sometimes they hear you, but they're not really listening. Mm-hmm. You know, to hear something, sometimes when when you when someone talks and people listen, they're planning. They're not listening. Right, they're thinking about what they're going to say yeah. or thinking, of, yeah. They that frustrates the hell out of me. When you're having a conversation, you see someone like, like just waiting for their turn to talk again. Yeah, yeah. Like, what am I even doing? This is in a conversation. Yeah, even though you know they they do wait for their turn, but every word you say, instead of trying to understand what you're trying to convey to them, they planning on like you know they the the thoughts are veering completely from the subject. Mm-hmm. And when you mm-hmm. find somebody that hear you out and listening, and, and try to really understand what you're saying, it's rare. Yeah. So I was given a little bit of a like an intro to David when you were out of the room. But like one more thing I just have to add is David's like my second father. Like I you know, I have a, a great dad, but David's been, and and what Why'd I said walk before, on? what I said yeah, what he walk on. <laughs> what I said what I said before was like he's not just like a coach. Like he's my teacher. Like I'm I I've learned more than just, you know, yeah. how to be the CEO of the RNC from this guy. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Totally. Like I've I've learned I've learned a lot. Yeah, he's so. your uh, he's your Israeli Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that all right, that reminds me. I want to I want to go back um to uh, like the beginning of your life. Yeah, well, I honestly don't really remember where I came from and how I got here, but one day I appeared. It's like everybody else. Nobody knock on my door. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just like everybody else, there's no free will to uh, choose your environment uh, in the beginning. So I was born in Israel and uh, grew up in Israel until I emigrated to the United States in 1985. Um, Israel is a pretty rough place. It was rough growing up? It's a little bit rough in some aspects, but uh, the people have thick skin over there. It looks like it's in our DNA, you know, for, for, for many, many decades. Uh, there's always issues with people like us. Um, and what, what year were you born? I was born in 1961. 61. May 7th. So that, yes. that's a very young, how, young Israel. How, yeah. young how, Israel. How, how long had Israel been? 1948. 48. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, it was in the beginning, toward the beginning. Um, you know, there was a lot, there was always war. Every few years, there's a big war. And there's always um, some sort of uh, terrorist attacks over there. Unfortunately, uh, we can still uh, live in peace with our neighbors. Um, uh, ideology or whatever you want to call it, both sides, uh, I believe, are responsible for that in some way. 
Um, I be also believe that you know the people in Israel want peace, and they, our neighbor also want peace. But for some reason, there's a weakness on the other side. And the weakness is in the collective. They are unable to resist the domination that they are being dominated through ideology. Mm. But yeah. they are good people. They are, they're, not, they're not looking for that. They're not looking for hostility and war and hate. Not all of them. Um, so growing up there was a little bit tough. You're always on the edge. You always look left and right and who's behind you. But um, with all that, you know, if you determine to survive, you just find ways. You continue to survive and try to make the best and implement the best of your potential. So I, th I try really hard to do that. Yeah, I went to school. I wasn't such got a, a couple odd jobs too. Yeah, well, I was a kid. I used to. I liked to work, so I was. Uh, I found. Uh, I don't know if you know the cactus. The cat, like the cactus plant. Yeah, the cactus plant has yeah. fruit. So and it grows widely in Israel. So when I was a kid, I used to wake up really early in the morning before the wind and I'll pick it up because it got sprick, sprick, you know, they, they yeah, yeah, sprickly, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So I picked them up, put them in a, on the grass, and uh, go to school, come back, put them in a bucket of ice, and go sell them. Those uh, cactus fruit taste like? Oh, they taste good. They call really? uh, they call Jewish pears in a supermarket. They really good, huh. high in iron. They huh. good. They taste. Like very sweet. Now our producers from Israel also. So Omri, if you know what, what he's talking about, feel free to chime in at any time here, man. Oh yeah, he's talking about the sablas. Yes, yeah, sablas. Very right. sweet. Yeah, sweet, sweet fruit. Very good for you. My uh, thoughts immediately go to: Can you make alcohol out of it? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Like oh, yeah. You, any, who knows? Sugar, you can. You can make. Really? Yeah, you can distill it down. Absolutely, go. like there the agave go. cactus makes there a tequila. So when did you go from uh, so, selling yeah. pears to getting the, the venom of snakes? So, so there was that, and then my father suggested maybe I should just go to the local farmers and get some strawberries. So I did that. I saved some money. I bought a donkey. Build a little carriage for him. And how old are you now? Um, probably it was 11, I'd say 11, 10, 11 years old. Um, it took a while before I bought the donkey. I had to save my own money. Are the donkeys as stubborn as people say they are, the jackass? They are awesome animals, by the way. Really? They're very intelligent, yeah. Supposed to be, uh, they're like guard dogs for the, for the ranch, apparently. Yeah. Like, they, they uh... The donkey's a very interesting this, animal. This guy loves a, loves animals more than more than just about anyone. If really? There's, if there's a, yeah, we learn pretty quickly in the academy. Like if there's a bug on the mat, no one's swatting that thing. Oh. You're t picking that bug up and placing it outside gently for a lizard to come and get it. Well, yeah, that's, that's what happened. To, that's what happened to G the other day. But you you you're right. Do I believe the way I look at it? Everything has the right to exist. It's not up to anybody to end anything's life. So if you take the bug and leave him outside and the lizard eat him, that's yeah. what it is. You know, the lizard <laughs> wants to exist too. Yeah. And the bugs were there for them to be eating. But for me, just to destroy it, for to, to feel good about myself, sure. I, I believe it's wrong. You know, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but my student caught up quickly, like Mickey say, and they all, you know, they, you know, when you see something like this, you can do the same. Just take a paper, put them out, let the lizard eat them. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was that I I literally put the bug on the ground, thought I was getting some good karma, and like a like a 
shot out of a can and the lizard jumped out from the and ate the bug. I was like, ah, oh, oh, I just executed this bug. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you fed the lizard. It was more of the natural cycle, more natural. natural system. You I got yeah. a good karma from the lizard. Yeah, I got good yeah. karma from the lizard. And that's, and, and that's why we got you here. So back to the donkey. Forgive me. So you have so, your donkey, yeah, you got so, your carriage. You know, I start getting strawberries and other fruits, mm. selling them, did good money. At the, at the same time, like was Mickey saying, when I saw an animal in danger, I would just take it and remove it and put it in his mm. habitat so it's not going to be close to people that don't they're afraid so it was snakes venom snakes so I used to catch those snakes and release them far away I would run and release them and then some in some time these people came from uh, university and someone say something about this guy that catch those snakes and he knock on the door and ask me say hey man I heard you catching those snakes and I'm like yeah I move them so nobody you know, they take their head off that's what it says in the bible if you see the snake take his head off <laughs> so anyway he goes you know what you want to make a few dollars I said oh yeah <laughs> he goes I'll give you those um, what do you call those? Dials. Dials, yeah. And I'll give you a bunch. Take the snake. Show me how to do it. Just You started harvesting the venom? Yes. How uh, old were you? Uh, 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I catch him. So uh, uh, he comes on a Wednesday or Friday. I remember. Yeah. I give it to him. He gives me money. And then I'm like, dude, that makes that. This is a good deal. Wow. So now I start going that where I used to release him. <laughs> so I went when I released him. And I can't catch him, fill them all up to the top, yeah, and wait for him to come. No, uh, no child labor laws in Israel. I'm noticing. Oh, he's freelancing. Right? <laughs> he's just out there. He's out there free He's an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to be your own boss? I got these snakes for you. Wow. Yeah, no, it's just you know. I didn't. Didn't uh, an opportunity. Didn't the guy be like, "Hey, where you where you have all these snakes?" And you're like, "I'm not telling you where they're at. <laughs> like, yeah. you, I'll give you the ven- the venom, yeah, yeah. but I'm not I'm not telling you where my where yeah. my snakes are." I, I was just releasing them, but I would know exactly where they hide. I know, you know. I'd you were like, you were never afraid of the snake as a little. I was afraid, you? but I you know I just I knew how to caught them. I was catching them with my hands. I mm-hmm. go behind them and just boom, snap them like this. Make him bite the 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 thing, and release him again. So you were doing you were you were doing jujitsu back then even Pretty you were much. you were you were taking the back of snakes. Taking the back. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I wasn't hurting them. You know, they didn't have anybody to bite. Everything was like perfect. So you're growing up in '60s and '70s Israel, yeah. very very tumultuous time. Uh, there was a war right with Egypt in that, 1967. Yeah, yeah, you so you were seven years old. Yeah. That must have been very, very scary. Yeah, it was hard, yeah, because we are living uh, in uh, a place that's very close. It's, uh, it's a south, so it's close to the Gaza Strip. Then back in the day, it was under the Egyptian control, mm-hmm. not ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had to go to Tel Aviv uh, to shelter. And, uh, you know, it's 73 again. And in between, there was always something going on. But when you're born in an environment like this, mm-hmm. it's just... It's what it is. Did your family emigrate from Europe? No, actually, my family is uh, the my mom and dad born in Israel, and my my grand grandparents came from uh, Lebanon and Yemen. Mm. 
Okay. So they they had been in that. They've been. They've been in the, in that geographic region. Yeah, and back when they were there, there was still there was no territory that you can say this is Israel. They call it Palestine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was Israel. It was in 1948. That was going to be my question. I, that's what I assumed it was called before. Yeah. But, yeah. Well. Before, uh, when they gave it the name of Palestine, but before the name of Palestine, it was called Israel. Right. And before it was called Israel, it was called Canaan, Canaan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it depends how... Who the governing force was. And yeah. Yeah, how you, yeah, if God is the governor of force, it's Israel. Mm-hmm. If everybody else, it's whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it changes with uh, with with each war, with each generation. It was yeah. you know Persia had it at one time, then the Romans had it, then you know yep. uh, the, the Ottomans I think might have had it up until World they, War they One. They were controlling it, you know, and yep. the English. Yep. We we took it from the English pretty much, not from the other countries like like Jordan. You know, like the the state of Israel, mm-hmm. like where you where you said there's a state of Israel, uh, it was controlled by the uh, British. Now you, it's mandatory uh, military service in Israel. Correct? Yes, everybody have to go. So you you did your two years? Of course, three years. You did three years. Yeah, and uh, a little bit over three years. My sister did two. Years. Women do two years. My brother, whole family, everybody, my niece and nephew, everybody. I imagine your service probably came around when the Munich incident happened. Um, that was later on. Yeah. Uh, in 1977, the Munich was the the uh, at the Olympic uh, Village where they they yeah. took the the Israeli yeah. Palestinian. Uh, are you familiar with that? Yeah. With what happened yeah. with Munich? I mean, that's yeah. they killed 11 athletes. Yeah. Uh, one of Steven Spielberg's most underrated films, by the way, is is Munich. If people have never yeah. seen Munich, yeah, with, uh, a, movie, yeah. a great movie, great movie, incredibly well acted, and apparently it was. Uh, it was it was as true to the natural events of things as, as they can get. Yeah. I mean, these guys. So basically, it became an assassin war between the people who were supporting the Palestinians and the Israeli Mossad, who were trying to not just get the assassins, but who financed them, who got them into the Olympic yeah. Village. They killed everybody by one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The PLO. Um, but uh, what's yeah. the PLO? Uh, how do you? It's the Palestinian Palestinian authority. authorities. Mm. Okay, Liberation Authority. PLO. Was that Yasser Arafat? Yes, Yasser they Arafat. they kept him alive. Uh, he wasn't involved directly, but he was in, in, involved indirect, and they kept him alive to see. Back in the day, they thought he's the only one that reasonably they can negotiate with them and live in peace. Mm-hmm. So they didn't take him out, but everybody else is gone. Interesting. Uh, interesting story about the Munich Olympics, by the way. The way we hunted them down was for about 20 years, every time before we killed someone that was involved, a day before we would send flowers to their family saying we don't forgive and we don't forget. And then 24 hours later, we would kill the person involved. Yeah. Wow. So how, how does that – that's that's cold-blooded. How does that uh, reconcile really, with – It's not cold-blooded. It's justice. 
So that reconciles before, like you said, with uh, you don't kill any bugs, any living thing. Right. But then you had to serve so in the military. It also says, he who come to kill you, rise and kill him first. Mm-hmm. That means that your soul... Say that again? He who come to kill you, rise and kill him first. Right. It's a verse in the Bible. And uh, you got to leave by it. The same as... So the opposite will be love your friend as, as you love yourself. So be, so obviously we live in a duality world. Every, you know, there's opposite and negative. That's our reality. Mm-hmm. That's how this planet work. Nothing really exists if there is no opposite or... Sure, or positive and negative positive, charge. Exactly, yeah. or yep. else it won't exist. There's no element that in the end. Exactly, and same here. So if you know that somebody wants to kill you, it's your obligation to kill him first. But on the same rate, if somebody loves you, you, it's your obligation to love him too. Yeah, that's interesting. And you now, did you have this mentality your whole life, or did you come to this uh, across? You know, did you mature into this mentality? Where where did this worldview? It's in the DNA. Mm-hmm. You born with this. There's no other way. It's not a choice. It's what it is. You know, you have to do. This is your obligation. Mm-hmm. The same thing as you move the box so nobody kill him and the lizard eat them. You have to survive and continue your generation. Mm-hmm. You can you're not allowed to let anybody stop your generation. Only nature. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. Now, what made you decide to come to America? Um, I was I had an opportunity to be a bodyguard for one of our diplomats for three months, so I did that, and it was this rabbi guy. And then I just came here and I stayed. I love this country, man. Yeah. I mean, there's no place like America. I've been around. There's no place. The people, the, you know, nature itself, the actual country, uh, the diversity, the opportunities. It's just, there's nothing like that. I hope it stays like that. I agree. I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I mean, the... Uh, it seems like the only people that don't take that perspective are either A, people that are born here uh, into privileged situations and, they, and they're and they a little bit sheltered, or people who haven't traveled. There's no way you could travel this country and not fall in love with it. There's just no way. The, the people are great from coast to coast. I agree. It's, it, you know, it, it really is. It's it's an amazing country, and it's, it's worth fighting for. There's no doubt about no, that, man. No doubt. So before you came uh, over in '85, um, you just said you did three years in the military. Yep. And you like uh, how did how did how was that like for you? How how was there any Soldier. like yeah? What was the, what was that your experience uh, like? It was you know that? it wasn't easy. Got to be intense, huh? It was intense. Constantly at war. Constantly in the Cold War, war. yeah. Co- constantly in war. Constantly training. Constantly learning about how to keep the balance between you know to make the right decision. Uh, learn how to anticipate situations Um, you know it teaches you a lot like you know you can't really you can't really do much if you don't understand how to anticipate situations you know how to make the right decision Uh, you know this is like to make the right decision you have to have data and without data, uh, it's hard. And if you don't understand what can come and how to do, 
you know so you got data how to how to deal with whatever and now you go back to your training your, your training is like you know how do you going to execute what has to be done and keep the balance without doing anything that is you know off the chart and it's not easy to do, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, that was really more intense than anything else. You were involved in some high-risk missions, right? I was involved in some stuff here. I can't really talk about this. Yeah. But like yeah, everybody else, sure. everybody else does their work, what they can do. You know, everybody's design, like they look at you there and then they try to put you where you're going to be performing the best under the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So you were 24 when you came to America? Yeah, actually, no, I was 23. I served from 18, yeah, I was about 23 years old. I came to America, I did my thing, and then uh, I started looking for jobs. I wanted to do some bodyguard, but it was very hard. It was only mafia that needed bodyguard. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing this. My dad said, don't do that. So, you know, I just went to work at gas stations. This story's gas. about to blow your fucking mind, too. <laughs> yeah, I worked at gas stations, and I worked at body shops, and whatever I could get my... And I, I enjoy what I do. It wasn't easy for me, because I couldn't speak good English. I still can't speak good English. And uh, so, some at some point, the federal government changed the rules they call it the Viper Recover 2. So if, I don't know if you remember that. They, they don't have this anymore. But at some point, they shorted the hoses to the car to pump gas. And they put a bigger hose over the hose that fill up the car to get the Viper Recovery back to the truck. Oh, the Vapor. Vapor. Vapor, so, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't speak English. Yeah, no, it's cool. I, we were talking about snakes before, the Viper. No, I was like, man, this guy can't get away from snakes. No. <laughs> the Vapors. Yeah. The fume. Yep. So, you know, for the ozone, so I wouldn't destroy the ozone, on and on. So I was working at the gas station. And uh, then there's a problem. People coming in on the wrong side because before we had those short hoses, I could take the hose and reach across. Mm-hmm. And now, or under. So uh, for people that don't know, by the way, this is a New Jersey thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah, have yeah. gas attendants. You don't pump your own gas right, in Jersey, so no. like right. you peasants in the other forty-nine. Right. Yeah. We yeah. we we have people uh, who, who 48, do. Oregon too. Oregon too. Yeah. Fuck Oregon. So yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah. So for people that don't understand, you have a gas station attendant. You stay in the car. Yeah, you pull up. You tell yeah. them like the proud you fat American yeah. you are. You, you sit. You, you stay. Say, stay hey, in your car. You, twenty bucks regular, and then you know. Yeah, you, you, get, you get a twenty you bucks get a regular cash. Twenty bucks regular cash. Yeah, yeah. Hey. some guys are like pain in the ass. Like you come out trying to do it. Like, Sorry, girl, you can't touch it. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> they telling you not to touch it. Yeah, if I want to pump gas, sometimes you know that I'm busy. Oh, I right, know how right. to do it. You know, right. I've done yeah. it so many years. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I yeah, you're literally not allowed to yeah, pump it yourself. Not like it's the nozzle. Yeah. All right, so yeah. no problem. Yeah. So oh, you're good. so you're there and you're seeing pe- the, all the hose is short now, so you can't reach can't over. Can't reach Got guys got to turn around, and it become a pain in us. I'm like, shit, man. Maybe we should do something about it. And so I thought about uh, putting a uh, um, a decal or anything that would show which direction is the gas uh, filler in the car. So I talked to a friend of mine, he's today's my accountant, and he goes, yeah, let's, I give you some names, call these people. I called them and said, yeah, you can make a patent on this. Somebody thought about it before, you know, but nobody patented. 
So I went through, I took all my saving, and I did it. Wait. You got a patent so, on so that little that little arrow you see in the, the right car, or the left on the, the dashboard, left the right? Yeah, get the get out yeah. of here! I have the ribbon, the red ribbon. And so every US car button. company that makes and it, that whether or not it points to the yeah. left or the right, I invented it. Get well, the <laughs> but the only I can only do it for fourteen years. After fourteen years, I gotta so, ask you, make so money off it? Yes, yeah, it made a few bucks. Oh, grand, dude, at fifty grand, but it wasn't. You know, I mean, after every patent, there's a but limit. You sold the patent, right? Yeah, I sold the patent, but every patent have a limited time. After fourteen years, everybody can use it. You can have this for life. Yeah, so. You know, I did good. I bought a gas station. He so you end up buying the gas wow. station that he's that he's working. I don't at. know what the hell I was doing, but I did buy it. Where does where does jujitsu come in to oh, this at all? Jujitsu is like, always there, man. I mean, I never stopped training in jujitsu. It's just that. Where where did you learn jujitsu? I did well. I was a judo player in Israel okay. when I was a kid, and uh, I loved jujitsu. I knew about the Gracie family. And then I went to a seminar in New York in early, late late 80s. And Hickson was there. We started to be friends. And he came to New Jersey and did a seminar at one of the schools that I was training. And then he asked me if I can help his little brother, Hoyler. I said, of course, I'll do whatever I can. So if you don't mind, I was before the UFC uh, in 93. And then I say, yeah, of course. So Hoyler came to my house, and we start doing seminars. You know, people were showing up, like seven people, eleven people. Wow! Like you know, so he would stay a few weeks, even a month, sometime. And then the UFC. And when the UFC in 1993, uh, after that, mm-hmm. when he came back, we had like 35, 40 guys in each seminar. Really. Yeah, yeah. That, I guess the UFC really was jujitsu's coming out. Sure, Hoist Gracie yeah. going out there yeah, beating also, everybody and, and not yeah. looking, not looking like the monsters that he was fighting. Nah. Like, those were monsters. Yeah, and, and the fact the that best. he was unassuming was that was and that was kind of part of the plan, right? Wasn't well, wasn't if Hoist had lost, Hickson was going to go in. Yes. Say so they did. They kept like their ace in the hole, Hickson. Too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like for the UFC, you got you got it. The way I look at it. There is two heroes. It's Horion Gracie and probably Dana White. Because what Horion did, he he tried to compare different styles. It would not be uh, cool if a kickboxer going to learn jiu-jitsu and try to beat the jiu-jitsu with kickboxing and jiu-jitsu. Or wrestling, wrestlers will learn how to kickbox. You want to pr- represent um, your style and see who is better. That was that was that was the idea, Horian idea, right? And that's he's still Gerard talks about that all the time. Like he kind of yearns for that, like for it to be style versus style, like this one versus this one. Let's see, like like putting like a gorilla and a bear, and let's see what's going to happen. That's what's interesting to me. That really is. But nowadays it's it's changed where it's 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 like you're talking about. All the kickboxers have to learn wrestling and jujitsu. And Dana White made it as an individual, just like uh, what's this guy made the computer. Like the PC, yeah, everybody's got. It's the same concept as the way I look at it, you know. Uh, so he says, he said, okay, instead of doing that, let's see who's the best. Do whatever it takes, yeah. and see who and what you can be. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then, you know, now the way I look at it again is uh, where the UFC and all the MMA communities, mm. it's not just the one style because, you know, you, you're taking away from that, but you're giving an opportunity to have a literally brand new sport. Mm. You know, like it's like, for example, Jitsu guy. So why, why the wrestlers are so tough? Because there is no wrestler doesn't exist if he doesn't compete. Mm. Mm. There's no wrestler. There's no way you can be a wrestler and not competing and be. Yeah, if you're on a wrestling team, you com- you compete two times a week. A- exactly, at least. and, and sometimes all, you know multiple right. matches at a tournament on the weekend of or something. Of course, yeah. regiment training. You know, they on all the time. Jiu-jitsu, it's not like that. You don't have to compete you can just do it for fun you can do it as a military you can do it as a, as a police officer you don't have to go into agreement with the other guy and say okay we fight right now and let's see who's gonna win mm-hmm. so the wrestlers already have that and this is big yeah all they gotta do is learn other aspect of the fight and implement them same thing with kickboxing in that regard, I would guess, right? I would say the same thing. Judo also, people compete a lot. But, you know, the, for the environment of the cage, I used wrestler, wrestlers because it's not just the takedown, it's their base. It's how they operate in a cage. It's easier to take a wrestler and show him jiu-jitsu, and it's not going to be that hard to show him how to exchange kick and punch. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I've asked. I've I asked agree. Mickey that a couple that's times. That's why. That's why. That's the ideal base, like the Is cornerstone. Wrestling? Yeah. 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 And and even where you say like kickboxing or whatever, like a, a wrestler is do is competing multiple right. times since they're a kid. If they sure. start at four or five years old, you know what I mean. They're cut so weight. They're, they're getting they're grinding. They're getting out. used to that. Yeah. They have to develop that mental toughness. Yeah. Like there's a there's a lot to it. You know what I mean. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Krav Maga? Krav Maga is an is an awesome uh, martial art. It's it's different today. You know, it was, you know, you, you have to have boots and machine gun and gear on, mm-hmm. and that's where it shines. It's effective when you have a gun. Very effective when you're in a war. It's a thousand ways to you know get the eyes, neck, and groin. Right, but then you take a woman and you try to show her that or somebody is not aggressive and try to make him aggressive in a few classes, it's almost impossible. Really? Well, it's possible. The question is, again, how determined you are to learn it and if you're in the right place. A good Krav Maga uh, school is a very, very effective martial art. But you got to remember this. When you go to MMA... Everybody's training with everybody. It's no longer, it's just exactly what I was saying before. It's no longer Krav Maga, Judo. They are training. It's kind of to, melting into They have one. to. Yeah. You know how, like, you know, we, it's, it's, an, it's an issue. So you, you, fight a, you fight in a cage, and the guy is an MMA guy. He's not a Jiu Jitsu guy that become an MMA. Or, you know, they're going to fight different. Mm. Go ahead and try to take him down and keep him on the ground. It's not easy. Why it's not easy? Because he trains from the beginning not to put his back on the ground. But a jiu-jitsu guy will put his back on the ground. 
He trains from the beginning that he can work there. But, you know, guys right now today learning that they can put their back on the ground and use the submission is either you catch the guy, and if you don't catch it, I mean, the guy disengage, and if you know what you're doing, you stand up. If you're on the ground, you need to either sweep, submit, or get up. Or get up. Right? You can't, because you can't, you know, if in the MMA criteria, whether your guard is bulletproof and you can keep the guy from being able to hit you and hurt you, them just being on top, you're losing. You lose the round. You know what I mean? You lose the round. You lose the yeah. round. These did, are the rules. Did you see the uh, that that uh, study I sent you? I don't know if you saw it. There was a study done. Um, somebody tracked all of the black belt and brown belt uh, fights in the IBJJF last year, and they where did each submission come from? And the idea was getting position before submission. And they were like, did the, you know how long did the person have the dominant position before they submitted? And it, it makes a lot of sense. The person that had the dominant position for most of the time won over eighty percent. And the only anomaly, interestingly enough, was lower half submissions, leg submissions, mm-hmm. came from people that didn't have a, a majority of dominant body position right, in the match. Because it's not a dominant position. Mm-hmm. And it so. makes sense because they can they can be on their on their butt and they can enter those through like kind of passive ways. Ways that might not work so well in MMA if you're getting punched in the face. But if you're playing jujitsu if you're doing a jujitsu match and you could hang out on your butt, be looping your hands under people's legs and shit where your face is exposed but they can't hit you. Yeah. Different. You know what I mean? Yeah everybody has a plan that they get punched in the mouth type of a deal. Nah, like you, you'll get knocked the fuck out. If you're, if, you're tra- if, if I'm, if, if someone's on top of me and I'm p- committing both arms to one leg, because I'm, I'm gonna do a, a leg lock. My face is right here to get hit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you have to in MMA, you have to keep your hands up. You can't, you can't just be go put two hands somewhere Very and leave your head open. You so, know what I mean? so is there a different way that you teach your MMA fighters jujitsu? Duh. Well, yeah, so it's called a, it's so called an alley oop, so, buddy. So Mickey's an example. You can see that. See everybody that sees him, they can relate to that. If not, I can explain the way I convey this to my guys. The only time the leg locks are dominate is when the guy is better than you. So two guys sit in front of each other. It's not a dominant position. You're not holding the guy like you're taking his back and he's stuck, your chest is on his back, his face down or face up, doesn't matter. You follow him with the underhook and the hooks. It's not a dominant position. You're not dominating him. He's not on a completely defense. So the only time it's a dominant position is fighter A is better than fighter B. If fighter B doesn't recognize it, he's going to lose the fight. Very immediately... Uh, Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir comes to mind. That's right. Very interesting. So it's it's kind of like one of those things where it, it's like breaking. Is it? I don't know if I'm I'm saying this correctly, but this is like breaking case of emergency type of a deal. Yeah, you can look at it that way. It's the, the the bottom line is that a dominant position you can measure it as when one guy dominate the other guy to a con, to you fighting for control. So the person that is Defending, he doesn't have any offense, zero offense. Like you can look at the scale. Uh, Maybe in the middle, the line in the middle, it's equal. And then you go to the right, you dominate. You go to the left, you are being dominated. How far are you to the left and how far are you to the right? The fighter has to recognize that. And if you sit in front of each other and go for leg locks, the guy that knows better leg locks 
no better how to defend the leg like it's going to win it. So you got a choice. You can choose and say, if I, if I sit in a leg lock, I'm going to get out of there. I have enough time. I know enough leg locks to have enough time to know where I'm in danger. So I'm not going to go after him. I'm just going to stand up and keep fighting or let him up and keep fighting, whatever he can do. It's better for the person to get up and keep the other person on his back or on his butt. But if both stands up, it's better for the guy that's less good with leg locks. Otherwise, he's going to lose. He's taking a chance, not necessarily chance, not necessary at all. Yeah, I think some guys are very specialized in it nowadays where they, they, can, they can be better than their opponent in that uh, capacity, right. you know what I mean? They better, you know. Yeah. You can see it. They win all the time. The same guy wins all the time, and the other guy trying, but he he's not in that level. So yeah. why would you put yourself there? Mm-hmm. You know. And then if you look at it, if you can, if you if you want to break it down, you can see at what point uh, or position or dimension the person is on the bottom that he can go on the after your leg. He's got to either face you, turn toward you. This, if he face you and turn toward you, you can spin under you and catch your legs. But if he face and turn away from you, that's the time to engage. Because he can't spin under you. So you can control him, hold him down, even if he's in a half a guard. It doesn't matter. Or now, a full guard. What, uh, what, what was a 16-year-old Mickey Gall like? What was 16 year when he, when he first came to the gym, what do, you, what do you remember about him? Well, when Mickey came, he was... First of all, he was one of the nicest guys at the academy. Everybody liked training with him. He was very tough, strong, and you can see that he learned faster than most people, like adapting quickly to what has to be done. But the one thing that you could also see is that he could put himself in perspective because in my academy, there's different levels of people, different ages. And then to be able, as a 16 years old, to recognize that and adapt and allow the other guy to create deficit for him to get a good training anyway instead of just petting his ego, that was the first thing that I saw that I knew that he's going to be one step ahead. And one step ahead means creating situations that are with your free will. Can you? What do you mean by that? So when you train hard, I don't. You I'm lost just me. saying. I'll explain it right now. When you train hard, you train hard. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. That's the situation. There's no free will. The other guy bring what he's bring. You bring what you got, and you guys are training. Mm-hmm. You're learning. Mm-hmm. But then you got this another partner that comes in. He can't train as hard with you. You know, because every time, whatever he do, you dominate the position and go after him and win every position and everything. So right now, you already created a ratio, right? That means that you are here and the other guy is here. If you recognize that there is a ratio, then you can use your free will. Because if you keep going, you're chewing the water. Because you already know this, you got it, you, you find... Yeah, you can keep smashing them, you can keep... I can submit them ten times in a round if I want. Sure. Or I can let them pass my guard, put well, me in an arm bar, and now I gotta... I gotta and I let it get somewhere where I gotta figure something out now. Does that make sense? let him yeah. almost pass the guard. Yeah, yeah. So now he gets to not just get smashed, he gets to work at trying to do something that he doesn't always get to do, and I get to work at somewhere that I'm not 
always at, yeah. right? Like yeah. I, yeah, like I let them almost pass the guard, right? As they're about to submit it or take it, I could take the take the position back. You have to have a very high comfortability in yourself to allow that to happen because it's counterintuitive to your nature to allow yourself exactly. to be put into. That's right. That's yeah. free will. That's the definition of a human. Mm. Because if you. I said, animals, they don't have a conflict between what's right and what's wrong. It's what, the zebra is a zebra, and you don't have to teach a tiger how to fight. That's it. And if I cannot recognize that I do have a free will and I'm one um, level above that, then I'm going to keep doing this. I will learn, but it's going to take me a lot longer, and I'm not learning with my free will. I'm not learn. I'm learning with my subconscious. It's a program, and that program, I didn't create that program. I was just there. Okay. That means everybody else that trained with me are the program. Unless I slow down, not do anything stupid. I just slow down, and now the other guy is able to do things that I can stop at any time. I recognize that I can stop at any time. I recognize what I have to do and how to do that. I can hold on to it and let him go a little further, or I can stop it right there and go back and forth. And then I'm widening my reality that I would never had if I didn't do that. That's free will, one step ahead. Yeah, it's really about checking your ego. And a lot of people who are going to develop in jiu-jitsu, like, you can get, you can get, like, you could be real good at beating the white belts and the blue belts by just smashing everybody all the time. Or you can, if you, and everybody who's going to be good at something is going to have an ego, right? But you got to be able to check it. And, like, I, I'm, you know, I, I was okay with letting someone who I know I could submit 10 times be, you know, mount me. Or, you know, pass my guard or do something, make my make myself struggle mm. with, you know what I mean? Like, make myself struggle sure, and sure. work harder for it. Sure. You know? I think it's important for anyone to do jiu-jitsu. It's big just to check your ego, you know, as much as possible. Sol- you're solving problems that were not there. Cre- and, exactly. Like, you're creating you're problems. You're creating the problems. Mm-hmm. That, so, what, what it means is that when, when I create the problem... I'm conscious of what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? That means that the conscious mind is slower than the subconscious mind. It cannot take a lot of data and solve problems fast. The subconscious, like in a camp, I'm not I'm telling the guys not to do this. They gotta train. They're going hard, they're not learning anything and they're not slowing down for in nothing. Fight camp, like when you're about to fight. Fight camp, right? You know, change the mentality. Dominate. Dominate. Yeah. Right. They just they, what, what, with what they already collected, all the data they collected, they got to find it and they got to clean it up. And we, we point that to a specific opponent when they go in a cage. So, so you can see that when you use, when you slow down, when you use your conscious mind, your con- the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind is that the conscious mind is a creative mind. The subconscious mind is a program. It will just repeat the program that you programmed that or the other people did for you. doesn't matter who did. It's a program. Interesting. So, like, you see somebody get knocked out, and then they're still kind of, like, grappling sometimes. They're still, like, on their back. Like, that's, that's a, you know... They're, they're, they're literally in their subconscious. They've lost their consciousness. But the point I'm trying to say is... You're right. But the point I'm trying to say... 
The conscious mind is a creative mind. That means that when you slow down, you're being creative. That means you don't have to wait for anybody to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. You can figure out the next step that nobody sees. You there, and you have to solve it. That's what he did, right? As a 16 years old. Mm. And, and that's like, so and I teach this to the guys every time, every day, in a different words, trying to convey this to them that if they use the, the, the subconscious mind, they have to have all the data, all the information, they have to have the right training partner and go and go and go and just do what has to be done. But when they, they so there's two parts, learning how to fight and training for a fight. When they learn how to fight, they have to be conscious of what they're doing so they can find what to do under the circumstance when there was no, we didn't work on it. And all of a sudden it happened. What now? What now? Interesting. Yeah. He's already been in that position. He knows what to do. Yeah, because he he analyzed what his other option. If, even though he didn't let the guy pass, so he knows what he could have done. It's in there. It's in his conscious mind. Mm -hmm. He'll be able to. That actually it. made me uh, made me understand it a little better as well, because uh, like you th like when you say like this conscious versus subconscious, like right. uh, like. I was gonna almost compare it to lifting weights. Mm -hmm. How you, yeah, you could throw the the forty five pound bar up a hundred times, right. super hard. But if you could start stacking the weight on that, you know, it then it, it gets tougher. You can develop more. Mm -hmm. But it's actually it's more of like a mental thing too, because you can just you know take down pass guard, grab, choke, armbar, whatever. Right. But if you keep, but it, so it's it's more it's it's more mental it's as mental. well. It's like you're putting your it's problem solving. It's problem solving exactly because you're going slower and you can see other things that you you can do, and be, because the guy is able, you allow them to be able. You mm -hmm. slow down, mm -hmm. and then he can bring all these other things that you keep analyzing nonstop. I can do this, but you know what? I want to go a little bit further out. Just that. That fact that you decide to let him go a little bit more, he'll bring you to a different dimension that you'll have to deal with this. And if someone else put it on you when it was hard, what would you do? How would you solve it? So you say this, I'm not going to go that far when I go with the guy that is hard on me. Yeah. I'm just going to back him up a little bit early. Sure. I knew I can do it with this. I can do it with the other guy. Well, let me ask you this. You know, um, you have a gym. And you have, like you said, you have some people that are doing it for fun. You have some people that are hobbyists. You have some people that are that are doing it for self-defense. Right. You have different people doing it for... Now you have somebody who wants to be a legit fighter. professional right. fighter come in. Right. How, how do you... Did you change the training? Did you did you treat them differently? Did, like, what... what If you thought... First of all, when he first came in, did you say that kid can be a professional fighter? Yes. Right away, you knew. I knew that he's going to be something. I didn't know that he's going to be a professional fighter. But I knew that he'll be something because... Because of his attitude, mm -hmm. you know, it was just. Um, You're driving a bread truck, man. No, I wasn't yeah. even driving. <laughs> I was my dad had to drive me to to the gym. My first yeah. like. I was pumping gas and working at the auto body shop. Yeah, it's true. You know, so yeah, it's. I just, was a roofer. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's that's the the point is that when you see somebody, first thing that I do, I'm not trying to judge him. I'm trying to analyze their potential. And the way they convey themselves with the collective, I can tell if they are going to 
adapt. So it's not the toughest guy that survive and succeed. Mm. Not the strongest guy. Not the uh, what else? Uh, the uh, the smartest guy? Smartest guy, whatever. It's the guy that can adapt. So adaptability mm. is, is the number one thing. Of course. That's probably the best thing about humans. We can adapt to different diets. Yeah. We can adapt to yeah. different... We can, we can force our, our environment to adapt to what we want our environment to be. Yeah. We, can change, we can change ourselves. Yes, one of the definitions of so, a human. So speaking of adapting then, so you have your normal jiu-jitsu class mm -hmm. and then you have a guy who wants to be a pro fighter and right. that's that's going to be a very very small percentage very. of your class yeah. and you got a business to so run, there's so. no class for mma mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people come and say i want to learn mma how am i going to teach you mma i i it's not about MMA. you got for us you know you chose to come to a great jiu-jitsu school mm -hmm. so you you do jiu-jitsu however when you become an mma fighter you have to put aside everything else and become an mma fighter you have to train what is the mma community bring you have to stop the takedown if you don't want to end up on the back and a quick shout out Gracie, New Jersey, in Clinton, New Jersey, or Lebanon, New Jersey. Lebanon, Clinton. Um, yeah, same area. Lebanon to Lebanon. Get out there. Get <laughs> If you want to make your life better, go, you know, obviously check out Gracie, New Jersey, or any jiu-jitsu school, any any good jiu-jitsu school around you, yeah. especially Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Hansel Gracie you know what I mean? also have awesome schools around, you know, if, they, yeah. if people are around any Hansel Gracie school. There's, there's a blessing. No, but I, I look. I, I've trained in gyms all over, man, and and the you're you're you really are a phenomenal professor. Your ability it's to it's very different. It's, it's very different. It, honestly. And I told him this after the last time we trained. The only thing I had ever seen close to it was some of the coaches I had with the Cardinals, where it's not just like they know what to do, but they know how to convey it, and they're making it specific to you. You don't feel like you're hearing a recited word right. or like a cliched line. It's like, look, I know I got to pass. Well, whatever. It's like, like, it's, there's principles. It's yeah, principles. Right. And there's principles that I've learned from David. I've been able to pass on to high, high-level MMA fighters who, no. who have no uh, understanding of it. Just because – and not because they did anything wrong. They just yeah. – didn't happen to have a David Adiv with them speaking growing of, up with them. Speaking you know? of, you were just, you know, even while you're hurt, you were just working with a guy who just had a big win on Friday. Ong and, got a uh, submission Friday. Shout out, shout out Ong La, who, to Ong's credit, was working so hard. Hit, One of hit, the hardest workers there is. Oh, and and at, at, at damn near 40 years old, putting in... He's there more than than the kids nope. in in the gym, straight yeah. up. And, he, and lifts weights in between, which a lot of the guys don't do, and then comes back and you He's were helping him do savage. the jujitsu. He's a savage. Yeah, yeah we're we're doing jujitsu four or five times or three four times a week. Yeah. We do like we do an hour jujitsu. You know, me teaching the stuff that I've learned from David, principles. They loved. We even did our, our warm up a couple times That's just awesome, to teach man. them how to how to move and stay shrimping and keep you know keep you see guys moving with their feet in the air. Like flopping, like put your feet on the ground. The ground we can we can right. move off it. Of, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I've been fortunate enough to pass on. And like you see, like you know, mo like a lot of a lot of MMA, MMA fighters kind of suck with jujitsu. Is that right? right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to like sh not like, it just, and it's just because there, it's like it's like anything, man. There's just there's levels to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I happen to be. And there's plenty of guys who have, you know, great coaches and teachers, but I just had a, a fantastic teacher in David where it, it's principles that I can apply 
throughout. It's not just like here's how you do a Kimura. You grab here, you grab here. Sure. No, there's 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 principles and there's a set like um, what would you call that? Like a set kind of, yeah, not, it's, it's, not curriculum, but like... You can call it curriculum. I use this word a, a lot, but there is, this is what it is. It's an order rest, of operations. Yeah, like sequence of events. Sequence of events. So, That's what I was looking for. Yeah, so there is sequence of event, meaning there is, a dim, there is a position. You can look at it as one. In the guard, for example, everybody know what it is, right? And then there is the intentions. What create the intentions? Like... So there is weakness and strength in every dimension. And then is first, but I go backward, is the recognition. So first I know I'm in this section, the, the guard. And then I recognize a weakness in my position. I have to address it. Mm -hmm. I can't just keep going and not knowing that I'm weak here because he's grabbing my leg or, or he's broken my posture or I don't I did not create a posture or I'm moving too fast to a position that he can gain momentum and, and on and on and on. So recognition and also understanding the mechanics, like Mickey was saying, how would you go from point A to point B and maintain a good position? So... These are the principles that the, the, the person has to know. So if you teach a class, it's like he says, with the move, start over here, end up over there, they become like a robots. Mm -hmm. And if it's not there, what are they going to do? Yeah. They're going to have to wait for you to come back and tell them maybe you should do that or not do that. Or maybe it happens because the other guy did this or he was too tall or his legs are sure. too whatever. There's too many variables, yeah. Too yeah. Many variables. yeah. So what you do is you teach us as a reference and then take them through the sequences. And with, it, with each sequence, you can see if they can recognize the weakness and the strength within the dimension. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's... Yeah, concepts and principles is a big part of it. Um, and you see the way jiu-jitsu's been blowing up for the past while. Mark Zuckerberg just did a tournament this yeah. past weekend. You Tom see Tom Hardy, Hardy's Tom Hardy. doing, yeah. Russell Brand. All these, everybody who, once you, once you start like doing jiu-jitsu, you realize it's a it's an endless journey, right? But it's so satisfying along the way. Like as you're a white belt, you're getting you you learn mostly defense because everybody in there is better than you. They know how to submit you, so you're learning. I remember going home to my dad and being like, like man, like I got I got submitted like I got submitted like eight times today, ten times today, and he like kind of looked at me like. Thought you were like good at this, and I'm like, no, 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 I am. Like, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real good. But like, I got, you know, what I mean, this, it's part of paying your dues. So as a white belt, you like, you learn your defense, then, and you start learning a little bit of offense. You know, what I mean, you get your first submission. You're like, like I remember my first submission that I got, you know, and then you start, you know, your blue belt. You start, you know, being able to beat up on most of the white belts. You know, mm. and may, maybe you're taking out some purple belts. Or, you know what I mean? And then it goes on and on. The, you know, purple belt, that's where you're at, like, for the longest belt. You know, you are you spend a lot of time there. You really have a game, and your game can change, and you can try different things. Like, And then, you know, brown belt to black belt, and then there's, you know, levels to black belt. There's, you know, not all black belts are the same, too. There's 20-year mm. there's black belts, and there's one-year black belts. Right. You know? How long have you been a black belt? Oh, for a long time. I don't even remember. But talking about that, Mickey, what you just say is a very important point. To so Dave is damn near a coral belt. The, right? yeah. yeah, I think so. Pretty soon, whatever Hoyler decide. But the thing is about uh, jiu-jitsu. There is 
the concept of jiu-jitsu that is very obvious and very healthy, uh, especially for not just kids, anybody, anybody that willing to put themselves in perspective and understand there's laws in the universe mm-hmm. and in nature. And the one law is there's no growth without a deficit. It doesn't exist. You cannot grow if you're not smaller before the growth, or you didn't know, mm-hmm. or you didn't tap, or you did. It it doesn't exist, and if you don't get it, you're gonna keep working like a bull, head to head, without understanding that you have to not. You have to deal with the deficit in order to find the way to solve the problem. And in jiu-jitsu, especially aggressive jiu-jitsu, is very obvious. We are trying real hard to push it. Take a kid. How are you going to tell him that you got to lose in order to get better? It's tough. It's almost impossible. It's tough, yeah. You know, and this is very obvious. If you guide them with references so he can understand that this is what he needed Mm. in order for him to go to the next step. And that's what he was saying. I was stopping eight times, but it's okay, Dad. I know I'm on the right track. I'll be catching a couple black belts in there for you. Yeah. <laughs> but if you get that early, if you get that early, you you get all the heavy weight off your back that is irrelevant to your growth. Yeah. And it's pretty much holding you down, dragging like a drag, drag you down. Instead of say, okay, I accept it not because I want to lose. I accept it because this is the law of the universe that I have to go there and now I have something that I can work with to fix it. Don't they say deficit's the mother of all invention? Is that a deficit or is that a different word? But essentially the same. What is the the word? Desperation. 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 necessity. Necessity. Necessity is the mother of all invention, yeah. Necessity. The, uh, you know, how has jujitsu and and this kind of like? I mean, it's weird because you're a very peaceful guy with a very peaceful worldview, but you've lived a very a life centered around violence. It's not violent. It's not violent. No, you know why? Because let me say it this way: in order to submit somebody. Right. If you want to take an armbar, you know you jujitsu guy. You purple belt now. Uh, blue still. Still. Yeah. Or you yeah. got to show up, and maybe I can fucking promote you. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I know you're training. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Barely. So, so, oh, barely. Okay. Pick, pickleball. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you want to submit somebody, first you have to control your own body mechanic and balance. The momentum and on and on and on. So you have a gi. You take an armbar. I'm just giving you an example. Why the gi is important? That's jujitsu, right? First, it's jujitsu is with the gi. You take the you take an osotogari, right? Sweep. Mm-hmm. You grab the gi. You put the leg over. You sit for an armbar. You sit. Your the elbow is in your chest. You grab the wrist and then you lay down slowly and take the armbar, right? You didn't just throw the leg over and broke the guy's arm. Mm-hmm. What it means that you had to go. 
through sequence of events that force you to create balance yep. in your body that suit that armbar so the guy tap and you're not breaking his arm. That's you, were, you, you were intentionally trying not to hurt the guy. Of course. Yeah. But you want to win. That's a, that's a very interesting point. In the point. gym, that's yeah. A in very the fight, interesting you point. get a little, you could be reckless. And, right, you that's know. different. That's, they decide, they agree to fight, and that's a different story. But yep. for training right now. So it's controlled you can't, violence. Can't break it's controlled your toys. Violence. So you can't break your toys. You have nothing to play with. Yeah. If you're pulling but, everyone's arm out of the but socket, but the control, you know? the control is on you. Mm -hmm. You the one that controlled you. You're not controlling the other guy. Interesting. Meaning that take this out there and put it in our community. If I want to win, first I gotta control myself. I don't have to dominate the other person to win. Eventually, when it's a fight. If I can control my movement, myself, my emotion, and I can bring him into a halt yeah. and then submit him, it's a humane way to win. I didn't humiliate him. I didn't break anything. Unless it's an MMA, it's, all, it's different. You agree to fight. Yep. We do this. This is what you're going to do in a cage. But talk about jiu-jitsu with the gi. And that's... So you're that, saying jiu-jitsu specifically, like the gentle art, not so violent, even though it is... It but you definitely, you definitely had a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, violence and, right. and you know, it, like he that, said, true violence in your in your life. Absolutely, absolutely. But to answer the question that you ask me, you peaceful man, yeah. and then you still have violent. It's not violent. It's survival. This is what I have. This is what has to be done for me. I would not hurt you if I don't have to. Sure. Well, you know, I like Jordan Peterson Meaning said it I can it control perfectly. myself. Only well, that's the point, right? right? And that's that's the only the violent man can be peaceful, can be kind, right? Yeah. Because kind, yeah. if you're unable to do harm, then you then then it's you, you're yeah, just docile. You're, you're just nice because like you, you have, have to be. be. But you yeah. like if you're if you're capable of violence, you you being you know kind, is you choose to be kind. Yes. Not because you have to. Yeah. You do it because it's the right thing. Yep. Yeah. How how has uh, how has your life changed since you you've been training and and you know do you, did your worldview change as you became a coach as compared to a competitor? And you, you learned uh, straight from the source, from the Gracies, yes, from yeah. Hoyler and Hoyler, Hickson. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it sounds like you were basically part of Ground Zero, bringing it here to America, making yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Hoyler is a Hickson is an awesome guy, but Hoyler, you know, Hoyler is a, is a good friend of mine, and he's. He's an unbelievable person, you know. It's uh, he's yeah, very magnanimous, very yeah, like very, charismatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, Hanzo's the same. They are they all the same, you know. They're very good in what they do, but they still out there for the community. And when you are around them, they make you feel good. Not they not they're not doing this because they're trying to impress you. It's who they are. Mm -hmm. It's it's the nature of the sport. Yeah, no. Have you ever seen the video of uh, Chuck Norris going down there with, uh, with yeah, Hickson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, 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 yeah, very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. yeah and, and people don't realize, like, Chuck Norris was was a legit karate champion. Yeah, you know, yeah. Chuck Norris could, could oh, yeah. throw a little yeah. bit. Chuck and then, Norris, he, he, yeah. He sure. was the man back in his days. Yep. There was nobody that could beat him. You know, and then Hickson, you know, if you talk about Hickson, he, he's a little bit different than, than everybody else. Not in the... And it's just like very, um, I don't know, very, a little bit on the higher end of understanding, if you want to call it spirituality, even though there's nothing spiritual in this world. 
But there's nothing spiritual as well. There is nothing. Spiritual, what do you mean by that? I mean that spiritual is another world. It's this. It's, 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 you have five senses. Nothing is spiritual with your five senses. Our reality is this is what it is. Spirituality is a different dimension. Mm. We've had a witch on the show that would that would disagree with you. I I agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, we had a we have a witch who, who summons demons to put people in love. That's cool. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I I you know I'm not canceling anything, and I always open minded. But the way I see things may maybe a little bit different than her. Mm. But. Uh, I've asked this uh, before, and I feel like you know y you might be a better uh, a better source for an answer on this one. The life that you lived, what is the definition of a man? What makes a man to you? A man or human? A man. Well, first, what's a human? Well, human is one that know the law of nature and obey by them. And the law of nature is well, so. You can look at four phases of development since the Big Bang, right? Don't let this shit go over your head. Go ahead, David. Inanimate, vegetate, animate, and society. Right? The, mm -hmm. the, the three first three have no free will. There's, not, there's no ego. They, that means that they need, their desire is to uh, eat, drink, find shelter, and promote their species. Mm -hmm. And then mate. There, mate, and then there is us. So what's what other desire you add to those desires that we just said? Well, I like those. Those are good. Well, that's a good start. Materials. Mm -hmm. they, the, the squirrel doesn't give a shit if the the, the cheap monkey's got a new car. It's true. It, right. Also, no animal look at other animal. And jealousy. Get, There's no jealousy. And get, right. Yeah. So no other animal or any other species can purchase ideas from each other. It's not like I see my neighbor put an addition on a house. Oh, that's so nice. And I see your T-shirt. She'll, she'll say, oh, that's so nice. I'm going to buy me something that looks like this. You look so good. Or whatever it is. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. These are the law of natures. These are the laws that make the, 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 the distinguish between us and everything is that below us. Uh, like we said, also we talked about this before, that there is no conflict between wrong and right. The, the dog's going to go take a piece. He doesn't care who looks at him. Yeah. You know, and then he would do whatever he does. He's a dog. And the zebra is a zebra, and the apple is an apple. You can't change this. But the human can purchase other ideas from other people. That's how we evolve. I like that. And in that regard, kind of what you call it, sin or jealousy, envy, that's kind of a side effect of the consciousness. Because we're constantly trying to create this hierarchy, you know? Right. So the jealousy is a healthy thing if... If it if it's being implemented correct, then it becomes ambition. Right, it becomes ambition. Right, so you can see someone else's doing something successfully, and then you're trying to do the same thing without taking it away from him. Ah, that's, that's very interesting. Part. That's yeah. so you can. It's a healthy jealousy if you build yourself up to become that. If you saw him. 
Yeah. And then you was impressed. And then you try to imitate it in your own way without taking it away from them. Very interesting. That's yeah. I can't agree with you more. That's a very yeah. that's 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 it right there. That's a that's great perspective human. on that. That's how we're supposed to be. And now, what makes a man? Well, distinguished from a woman. Yeah, in, in today's world, twenty twenty three. I think he means more like what is a, a man versus like a, a boy. Right, like yeah. a, like a child, like somewhat like an immature versus what's a, like a mature like man. Yeah. Is that that's what you that's mean? Exactly correct? what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So, if you see the first uh, in the development of a child, a boy, right? Oh, we're talking about boys right now. Sure. First uh, uh, is in the womb, right? And everything is protecting them in the womb, right? Everything is. In tranquility, everything is set up for them. He eats, and every, every he comes out. The mother and the father. We talk about normal family. They love him. The 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 neighbors looking at the little baby, and everybody like him and support him. And nature itself, everything is in his. He's got energy, um, and then he's always growing and and always looking and seeing different things that are growth and beautiful he he start to learn and distinguish between what is not so good and on and on and on until he gets to be 21 years old and everything turned to chaos that's a man that's a man right turns 21 he's on his fucking own and nature doesn't support him anymore and, they, and he's got to make his own way he's got to have his balls to keep going hmm. and if you do it if you keep going. Well, that's the measure. There, there could be a man. I can give you a definition of a man that is an idiot, or a man that is a <laughs> good man, or or you know, successful. What about man. a good man? A good man is somebody that support everything around them, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we're not the same. We're different. In every aspect, we don't look the same, we don't like the same food, we don't, we don't talk the same, we don't think the same, on and on and on. All humans. So, all, all humans. Different. All different. I think I even quoted you one time saying, the fact that we're all different is what makes us all the same. That's right. That's makes the misconception. Right. Makes us all equal. Make us equal. Look at nature. You take one species out of the Amazon and everything turns to shit. <laughs> you can't do that. So that means that in the academy, you can, I can give you an example. In the academy, if everybody agree truly that we are not the same but we equal, first thing's going to happen, you're going to accept the other guy and not going to try to change him to your ideas, to only what you know. Unless you can see that he seeks help, you know, and you, there's a ratio, like we said before, mm-hmm. and then you can up him up a little bit. But when you do that and you accept him, the second thing, <laughs> beneficiary, is you can learn from him. Like we talked about before, we purchase idea and learn from other people. Otherwise, we're not, we're not humans. We, we, we're not a monkey. Yeah. We're monkeying around. Well, we're just monkeys on a rock floating no, through space. Yeah, it's somebody that doesn't know the laws of nature. Nobody taught him. Run through those uh, laws of nature again. It starts so inanimate. 
Oh yeah, well, is, the, the, these are the phases, right? Right, uh, physic, uh, botanic, uh, biology. Like botanic is like the plants. Yeah. And then the uh, yeah. So physic is one is is, is one dimension. Uh, botanic is is two. It's gro- growth, growth, the 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 the, the roots. Mm-hmm grow up and down and then biology it goes in three dimensions and then it's us us society means our connection between us the way we relate to each other that's us now now you you uh, recently sent me that uh tucker carlson and tulsi uh gabbert yeah. conversation right mm-hmm. um and did you did you notice that Tucker was talking about his one of his most recent like findings in life was he was like talking about kind of getting in touch with nature. Mm-hmm. He's you know? a big hunt, big hunting, big fishing guy. Yeah, but he even just like stillness and just like you know like like certain things like you know just you know not like uh like being out being out in nature quite yeah. like literally you know what I mean and being in touch with it. And we talked a lot about how we've lost our uh, our connection with nature. Right, you know, look at it, look uh, uh, in the history. Back, back uh, it was a tribe, and nobody really know anything else by the tribe. Yeah. You didn't know that there is an ocean if you live in a in a jungle, and nobody know there is a jungle if you if you lived by the ocean. And uh, you know it was, it, was, it was all low profile, not much data because they learn. In a tribe, there was no other information. And then time, right, whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it time or sequence of events. And then one time, probably, I don't know, maybe, could be, there was a fire in the jungle, and then the people was hungry. They went to the beach and asked the other people to get some fish. And all of a sudden, they start realizing that there's other ways they can do things. And there was a big storm in the ocean. They were hungry. They went to the jungle, asked for meat. And then slowly but surely, people start to uh, branch out to other cultures other than they're just a tribe and realize that there is more information and data. And that's the growth of the human race, is where you see other culture and adapt and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, wanna, uh, I want you to talk about, um, I'll call it the avocado. All right, because you start you started talking about it a little bit in the beginning. You were talking about how like no one asked yeah. me to be born. I you know what I mean. You just kind of start that. Yeah, this is one of this is one that I've heard since I was a white belt, and every time I hear it, I I, I like gain something like something new from it. Very interesting. The, so, well, there's a law in nature that can help everybody understand how you can use your free will and advance yourself without the harsh. That like harming others, you mean? Yeah, and harsh to yourself, especially okay. harming others. Mm-hmm. But even though you got to that point, you can still be uh, dragging along if you don't understand it as far as yourself. So the thing is there's two forces, major forces in nature, push and a pull. The push is, it needs a lot more power and it doesn't have data. The pull is less force to pull 
and there is data because it's a pool, because the, day, the, the pool is in front of you, not behind you. And the way I explain it to my students, for me, I don't know for how many years, is I ask them a question. What is the law behind the growth of an apple tree? So I'm just going to help you with this. You take a seed and you put it in the ground. And then you feed it and give it water, clean all the weed around it, and it grows, become a trunk, a bigger trunk, branches, leaves, blah, 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 and then apples, right? Other than the elements, other than the water and the sun, and you care for it and all the other elements that it needs, what is the law of nature or the universe that is allowing to that tree to grow? And what is it? I don't know. Try. What is allowing it to grow? What is the law behind it? To me, it's it's the perpetuation. It's the idea that the seed becomes it's ash to ashes, dirt to dirt. It's the circle of life. It's the seed becomes the tree. The right. tree That's the fruits. Process. Yeah. What is the law? No, you got me stumped. Potential. Well, yeah, that's a condition. The law is the apple wants to be an apple. Uh And it calls all the shot backward all the way to the seed. That means that the apple exists in potential because that seed is an apple tree. Otherwise, it would be an avocado or watermelon or whatever. What I'm trying to say, there is a purpose for everything that exists. And if you look at the, if you if you look at philosophy, they don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. They start their data from what it is and what they know, not what they're gonna try to understand. That is the end result. So if I did not know, if I go out there and I see this tree grows, and I'm like I'm looking a year two, nothing comes out, I cut it. Unless I say don't cut it, there's gonna be bananas at the end, not a tree or so, a peach, then somebody has to, I have to know that there, at the end of the growth of that tree, mm. if it's a tree, it's easier to, to explain it this way, there's an apple. But the law behind the, the, the growth is that the apple call all the shot. That means that if you start a business mm-hmm. and then you just let the force that pushes you go you don't really know what you don't have a picture you don't didn't draw a picture of what exactly you're going to do and how is it going to be how you're going to like you have a picture of what you want to do at mm-hmm. this podcast here and, and then you you have the goal and the idea to what you're going to do with this information that's what's going to help you doing the right thing through the sequence of events to get to the end result that you set for yourself interesting so do you believe fate has any any play in anything at all do you believe in fate or destiny or is everything free will and it's that's it's, destiny that's that's exactly what i was explaining that's so that's what i'm saying so it's destiny is that apple wants to be an apple that's his, that's the correct. destiny of the, of the tree but yes. then there's the free will along the way to get there because we've been talking about free will and well, consciousness there is no free will for the apple tree unless you destroy it yeah. if somebody comes and say oh you know what i'm gonna cut the tree it wasn't free will of the apple tree. No. The apple tree is going to be an apple tree if you allow him. Mm-hmm. 
you human and then so another tree can come in and take over with the roots and that's the way of nature if that has to be done because what has to be continue the balance within the orchard or whatever that's yeah. what has to be done but but if you we as human coming in and use our free will for destruction it's going to be destruction you destroy that apple tree's potential in right. the same way because it doesn't if, look if good in your yard. You, you have to rise and, uh, and kill them because if they're going to cut you down, they're going to destroy your potential. Right. And you don't even. So, in the three phases, right? Physics, botanic, we, the cause and effect is, is obvious. That means that you take a casing and you put powder in it, put the bullet at the end, primary at the end of the casing, put it in a gun. Squeeze the trigger, it'll shoot. You know the cause and effect in every aspect. Same thing with the tree, and the same thing if you break your leg in biology, that you gotta go to the doctor, he'll reset, put you in a cast, and on and on and on. But in a society where society means the contact between us, we don't know where we came from and where we're going. We have to find out that spirituality. That's the dimension that we miss. You think that that's becoming, we're becoming more detached from that in, in modern times? Of course. With the technology? Back in the day, in a tribe, they were more in contact. They knew when the storm comes. They knew when the fire comes. They, they left over there to where the, the water is so they can eat fish. Mm -hmm. it, they had more contact in the universe and nature. And that's being muted today, in your opinion? You think How do you get back to that? You have to develop the sixth sense which is is the the, the that's the sixth sense is the dimension is, that, is, is what is your potential where are where is the apple uh -huh. is you the apple interesting Omri what do we have in the comments before we wrap up here this has been very very interesting uh, yeah we have a couple questions uh, this one's for David David do you think Mickey can take Brock Lesnar on in an MMA fight <laughs> Probably he needs to gain weight, and uh, first of all, he's gotta you know get healed from his injury. And if it's a fight that is not gonna be judged by the judges, a hundred percent, no time limit. Right, I'd be undefeated. He'll you know he'll be there, but he doesn't stop. I I'm sure you saw his fights ever. And then uh, this this second question is for David. It's kind of a, uh, a looser one. Is how do you uh, do you miss the food back home, and how do you absolutely how do you, how do you handle? Like, yeah, me too, honestly. But how do you how do you find good Israeli slash Mediterranean food in in the U.S.? There is a restaurant. It's called, I believe, Jerusalem. Um, I'm not sure where it is in East Orange. Very very good stuff. And then sometimes at ShopRite, they bring, like, you know, hummus, tahini, and I go to a restaurant and eat falafel. But, you know, I like ground beef and chicken. Now, for all a while, you were, all, you were off uh, eating meat. Yeah. Because you thought when you get older, yeah. your, your theory was when you get older, yeah. you start losing your teeth and stuff. Yeah, it's not no, too, you're not it's supposed not to. Yeah. <laughs> but then I got a little too skinny, and then I felt that I need to eat meat, and then I just got back to it two weeks ago, and I feel great. Ground meat and chicken. Okay. Ground beef. Before yeah. we wrap up here, David, if you could give one piece of advice to, I mean, Mickey's got fans all over the world listening right now. If you can give advice to the next 16-year-old Mickey, what would you tell them right now? 
Well, the best advice for me to do is try to do what Mickey did. Have a good attitude, show up to class, work hard, don't take for granted anything, lost or win, and keep moving. And the, the thing is that it's not easy to do, I get it, but you have to have, you have to be mentally strong. You gotta, you gotta feed your brain, you gotta feed your emotion, you gotta feed your, um, you know, your desire. And to do that, you need a good team, restaurant, a good restaurant, you need good people around you that will support you. We mean restaurant. Like, so if you go to, you gotta feed yourself, you go to a good restaurant. Okay, okay. Also you go so you're like your team. Right, cool. Keep going, ask, ask David more about me, because I don't, other than my family, uh, no one loves me more than David. <laughs> so. Well, what do, you, what do you think he needs to be to become the champ? What do you think he needs to do to get to, to get you're to supposed the... to ask about more about, more about younger Mickey, but oh, you that's younger right. Mickey? You could, I mean, whatever. You, you, uh, ask you ask him, ask him. Ask fuck you want <laughs> let me tell you to be the champ is not easy yeah but to go in a cage it takes a man to go in a cage and do and accept every fight and fight your heart out and do the best you can do that's what it takes a man some guys are lucky than others not because they better or they not it's just the way it is you know right now Mickey's been uh, training for a long time with severe injuries i don't think people know that yeah and uh he took fights with uh like with when people would like literally stay at home and not even go to the gym um that means that the potential is there hopefully that surgery is 100 percent and he's still young he still have great talent great desire to fight Put him back in there. He's in the right place right now. He's working with awesome people in uh, Florida. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy to see that he's very happy. You know, for me, to see him happy is the most important thing. Whatever he is, whatever he chooses to be, because he knows what he's doing. He wouldn't just go there if he was just there. There's something there that keeps him there, that he believes that he could be back in uh, action hopefully soon it's a very very tough and rough sport a lot of people take it for granted they sit at home watch tv they had no fucking clue what this guy's going through no idea every one of those guys that go in a cage some win some lose but look at these fights and you can see the determination that he has you know so it's with with good work you know, good support, and hopefully that the back will hold. Oh, it's holding. I'm making triple sure of it. I'm making triple sure this back holds. Yeah, when he was, you know, back in the day, he, he was he he let it go, and he just kept training. Mm -hmm. He didn't do anything about it. Yeah, and it's like everybody's telling him, "Hey, man, you can't continue." And he kept going. You know, I don't I don't want to say maybe if we fix it three four years ago, he would already be the champ. Mm -hmm. But this is what it is. That's his destiny. He had to go through that. He did it. Yeah, it's a dangerous surgery. Yeah, take care of your bodies, people, especially young right. fighters. That's a good advice. Don't be too tough for your own good from right. that standpoint. And keep, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's what held them back, in my opinion. And I'm sure a lot of people know that. Whoever knows him and see him knows that um, the 
at the time that he was struggle physically he was screwed up mm-hmm. if it was fixed if we could have just twisted and put it where it was yeah it would have been a different story. 15 years ago, have you taught him everything you know, or have you kept one thing in the pocket just in case you ever anything. got to take the bowl down? I would down? never, ever keep you got like the five. You got like the five-finger death thing There's or something no like that? No way. No, no way. I'll never keep anything from hey, you. Hey, um, no way. I got one. Uh, this, I'm glad we're, we're still going because this is a good one. Uh, so I want to hear some of the, the stories of the Gracies, maybe one at, when you were down in, uh, in Japan. Oh, in Japan, it was a lot of funny stories. You were in Japan with the Gracies? Oh, many times. Oh, that's that's awesome. The, this the is a most, Hickson fight, right? The most fun things was when Hanzo was around. Okay. Hanzo is something else, man. You know, it's like any, everywhere you go with him, you don't stop laughing. He finds a way, and then God bless him in heaven. Hyen also was awesome guy. That's his brother. Mm. Yeah, God bless him in heaven. He passed. And he was the also... Gracie bad boy. He was? Yeah. yeah. He was a bad Shout out to Hiram, my buddy, his son. Yeah. He was, he was a really good guy, man. Big heart. But you he speak Portuguese, I'm guessing? No. Okay. But, you know, Hein never took shit from nobody. Ever. <laughs> it was just like what everybody wanted to be and doesn't have the fucking boss to do it. That's what Hein. Yeah, there's stories of people pulling out guns and him going after them. Really? Like, oh, yeah, hey. never hey. running away. Was everybody wants to be a never gangster until yeah. it comes time to do gangster shit. Yeah, Hein was a gangster. <laughs> he was about it, I've heard about stories. It, really? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And then there was also Claudinho, this boxing guy. I don't know if you know him. That's Claudio Coelho. He's a boxer. And it was one time we were going to get to the train and he doesn't speak English or Japanese, and I don't speak Japanese. Mm-hmm. And we're coming down to the train. And Hoyler and another guy, but I had to start running. And they're running into the train. They go into the train, and they wave to us. Now I couldn't go in a train, and then Hoyler would say I couldn't go, but I could. But I waited for Paul, for for um, Claudio. Uh, for Claudio, and then <laughs> and then Claudio was in shock. He sees everybody go in a train, and he's in Japan by himself. You don't know shit. You don't know where he is, where he's going. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to wait with him. I waited with him, and he's like cursing and fucking... No cell phones back then. No GPS. We had cell phones. They actually gave us cell phones. Oh, really? Then. Yeah, they would give us cell phones, money, everything. Back in the day when Pride was... and uh, But what am I going to do with the fucking cell phone? Who am I going to call? Holy <laughs> just fucking left me. He just went into the car, into the train and left. Yeah. What is he going to do? Yeah. So Good yeah, luck. Yeah. So we waited for the next train, and then we find our way. And he, he didn't talk to nobody for two days. <laughs> and, and that was really a funny story because you, you, you need to know this guy. And he was a coach of every Brazilian MMA fighter in the beginning. Anybody, anybody that fought MMA in pride, he was there. Wow. Everybody, yeah. How about the story with the backpack? Uh, the backpack full of money and oh and the Yakuza. my god I don't know if all they want me to say that but that was, well first Hoyler forgot the, the backpack okay so I left it so we going to with uh, doing a Hickson did a seminar like a coaching seminar like talking to a bunch of companies so we were all going in limousine and then I had the bag of the money and then I gave it to Hoyler. I for, somebody forgot something. I went up there. I don't know if it was me or... Went up the hotel? Yeah. And then I, I, I give Hoyler the bag. I'm like, hold on to the bag. There's a lot of money in here. He puts the bag under the chair. And 
go into the car. And I go, I come down, wait for the, our limo, we go in the limo, and I call her, I say, oh, good, yeah, yeah. He said, you got the money, right? He said, what money? I go, fuck, man, a lot of money. I'm, I'm like, dude, give the driver the phone and tell him to tell this driver, because he speaks Japanese, I'm t- turning around, you don't know what I'm talking about. Go back to the hotel. <laughs> and then we go back to the hotel, I'm running in the hotel, and you see the security guy say, come here. <laughs> He take me in the room. He said, this is you, right? I said, yeah. He said, take it. Don't leave it there anymore. Wow. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, and there was a lot of story with that bag. Uh, that could, uh, they, they came after, you know. They, uh, you can't tell it? All right, no problem. Yeah. Okay. It's not about that. It's about, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's Hickson's thing. And, That's okay. That's all right. That's, uh, that's yeah. So you're out there. You're out there with, with pride yeah, around. Yeah, so like, good, good, good. Was that like the Ken Smart. Shamrock Buzz Root days? Ken Shamrock. Yeah, was, yeah, Ken Shamrock was there. Buzz was there. Actually, Buzz wasn't there yet. Buzz came later. Okay. Uh, but the Ken Shamrock was there. All these. This was the first and second pride. Third, fourth, all you know. In the beginning of the game, first we went there and they called it Vale Tudo. Vale Tudo. And then they switched the name to Pride. Outside of Mickey, mm-hmm. take him out of the office. Who's the best fighter you've ever trained with? Who's the best fighter you've ever seen? I'm a, I'm my gym. Is you know I do my own guys. Sure. I mean, I mean a lot of guys. You, and guys in your Mickey, gym win. They Mickey, win. Mickey brought a lot of good guys like Vicente Luca. You know, was at my gym and other guys that are very good. But the best guy I say it's LJ, without a doubt. I agree. LJ, yeah. yeah. Your buddy LJ, yeah. Yeah, LJ Bolly is a very good, good fighter, and I hope that he's going to pursue. Another great guy. He's a great guy. He's very talented. You know, he's a six-three fifty-five. Will probably be a forty-five by the, when he gets in the UFC. Yeah. And he's. Yeah, he's got it all. Every, he's everywhere. He's and they work great together, on the feet. Very close. He's like my little brother. You yeah. know that. He's like he's like uh, he's great on the feet, great on the ground, very athletic, like stud. I th- I'd I'd say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. and then a couple more guys. I'd say Josh. I say Elliot. Josh and Elliot, very talented as well. Very, very, very talented. Very good. Um, who else? There, I don't want to forget anybody now. Bunch uh, of guys, Alex, Brett, all the boys. Alex, the Corbelizer got a fight coming up. Corbelizer is amazing. You know, he's got his own way. Corbelizer is very, very. If good. Danny Fisher fought. Danny Fisher would uh, would yeah, be a freaking beast. Is that, is that the guy that gave me the business? Yeah, yeah he DJ. Was tough. Yeah. Also, DJ yeah. would be DJ very, very for good. sure. And what about uh, um, training? Your experiences training with like Hickson? Because a lot, you know, uh, Hickson's man. regarded but, as. Before I forget, you got this guy Derek. Also, is very good. He can be really good. I hope you meet him. Okay. He came. Just friend came from Colorado. He's with us now. Okay. He's nice. And uh, wait, there's a couple. Oh, Jared. Jared's doing Oh, Jared, yeah. He's fucked I couldn't believe, bro. I'm telling you. He's got another one coming up now, too. Yeah. I'm excited for him. I couldn't believe, man. He's he's shine. He's doing it. You know why? He trains hard. He does everything. Run. And um, all of these guys are really good, talented, you know. You know, it's the only thing that I wish Mickey never left, but... But I cannot be selfish, and they, they cannot be selfish. That's what has to be done. He needs to, you know, move in his career. But um, when he left, it was like kind of sadness for everybody. I don't want to bring him in and make him feel guilty, but this is the reality. 
And they they hang in there, you know. We're talking about him all the time, and you know when he need when they need when when they need him, he's always coming. Always, he's going to be in Russ's corner with me. You know, Russ is doing awesome, man. Russ is amazing. And uh, you know, when he's around, he brings a lot of good energy to these guys. The hope, energy, like desire. Uh, it's uh, it's important. You know, even though he's away. I'm just away. That's my home. I'll always yeah, be. I'll well, be I back. Know. You know that. I know. But you need to do what you got to do. And for exactly. me, is, 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 is what has to be done. You're in a good place. These people love you. They take care of you. They 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 doing good by you. You know, if it wasn't like that, I would I would be pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So what about uh, uh, a little bit about Hickson? I know Hickson Grace used to call you the brain. Hickson is just a different. Which is a pretty he's, cool. He's different. You know, cool. he's like very. He's just different. You know, it's hard to describe him, but if I try to describe him, he's. Almost like uh, one of those uh, Yodas. You know, he can he can adapt and figure out things that it's amazing. It's I don't know how exactly he's doing this, but I'm guessing he can break things and analyze things faster than the normal. Mm. That's he, he picks up on on routines. He sees things. He sees patterns. He's kind of like one of those guys. Yeah, he see he recognizes what has to be done faster than the normal person, mm. and act. You know, he can actually that that well that second part of it, the processing. They're they're learning that yeah. now is like yeah. one of the biggest things for all athletes. When like as sports science evolves. And it was like, well, how smart are you? The wonderlook test for a quarterback. And, like, yeah. you know, we can measure how tall you are. We can measure how fast you are. But now they're starting to realize the number one thing is processing. How fast can you understand the information and then act on it? Right. So first it, first is recognition. First, you have to recognize where you at, what you have to do. You have to recognize the situation. Without having the exact situation recognition by you, not by anybody else, not just by the coaches. The coaches can guide you, it mm-hmm. helps, but you have to recognize the situation. And if you recognize it, then you process from the data that you collect through the years. Mm-hmm. But without recognition, processing will not work. And then there, I guess there's that that's there's that sweet spot, like all athletes have, where you have all the training and your body is still young enough and fast enough to do something about that recognition. Right. And then I guess one of the sad things about getting older is you have all that knowledge and you know, and then maybe well, then your body you just can't. It, you pass it along. Pass it along. That's the pro. You know, that's the progress. That's you know, you 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 you're a student, you're a fighter, and then you're a teacher. You have to go through that. You can't look back and, you know, and be sad that, you know, it's, you do you do what you got to do at the time that you can do it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you look back and say, shit, why I didn't do that? Yeah. Don't wait for that. Well, like Mickey tell everybody before, before the, we went off life, he told everybody, do go out there and do what your dreams is. Mm-hmm. You know, don't look back and, you know, don't hesitate. If you want to do it, do it because there will be time that you won't be able to. And that's the time that you look back and say, shit, why I didn't do that? Yeah, seize the motherfucking day. Right, seize the day. Carp that deal. Carp that deal. Exactly. Yeah. No doubt. 
Awesome. Hell yeah. Take it out. Awesome, man. Professor David Deeb, this has been an Thank absolute you. honor, man. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, people bro. might Thank need to so listen to this one in. more than once, too, to yeah. even uh, obtain yeah. some of the of the, the big concepts there. But that's some life-changing shit. And, and go, if you can't go to Gracie, New Jersey, in Lebanon, New Jersey, go find a, ju- a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu gym near you. It, yes. I promise you it will make your life better. You have fun. Jiu-Jitsu is like a... It's almost like a virtual reality game. You you get to wrestle around. You learn moves. Right as you're about to get either get choked out or your arm's about to get broken, you tap out, hit the reset button, you get to play again. Slap hands, go at it again. Right. You know what I mean? It, it makes, there. you know, you can't say enough about it. So many people, it's changed their life for the better. I know me, I don't know what. It, I think it saved my life in a lot of ways, you know, showing up at your gym as a 16-year-old. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine where I'd be without it. Thank you. Yeah, that my advice for everybody, find the good in everything. Absolutely. Find the good Fuck in everything. Man. Absolutely. Thank you again, Mr. David. Thank you, and hey, Angelica. Thank you so much, yeah. Angelica, for, for hanging out. Next time we got to get her on as well. Yeah, she'll be happy to be here. She's good. She's a world champion. She's very accomplished. Yeah. She's a beast. Yeah. You, if you're if you're ever at Grace, New Jersey, you know David Adiv and Angelica Oliveira. That they're running the show over there. It's uh it's like I said, it's it's a family. Oh, From the, the competitors, the fighters, the hobbyists, everybody, we're all a big family. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Thank guys, you. Guys, this has been slick and thick. We will we'll see you guys on Friday. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of Gas Digital. Peace. Peace. Peace.